All right, guys, seat time quickie here. It was announced just recently, some news with the National Enduro Promotions Group. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that quickly with our friend Eric Kudla. But remember, if you guys enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your riding buddies. Or if you'd like to support seat time, check out some of the seat time branded merch that we have at shop.seatime.co. So we're with Mr. Eric Kudla, who is our AMA off-road racing manager. You're out in the middle of nowhere marking course right now. So we're about to Absolutely. talk about this quick reaction. What the heck's going on? Um, you know, uh, Alan Rant, National Enduro, uh, National Enduro Promoters Group specifically just announced that uh, they're going to be retiring from the promoting game. Um, I know in 2014, I drove out uh, and did a little quick interview with him. I drove from California to Michigan and I, and I raced at GNCC in Ohio. And that was one of the things he said, you know, I always, I asked him what the future of the sport was. He's like, well, finding a replacement because I don't want to do this forever. So even in 2014, I mean, he understood that this is not a forever thing. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand that with that kind of thing, it's not a moneymaker. It's a, it's just a, it keeps it rolling. And so, so it's, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And uh, they put 15 long, hard years in there. And uh, I mean, they grew it to, the events barely being able to happen in some cases to we sold out at 900 riders in an afternoon that's in South Carolina this year. So they've done a lot, a lot of awesome stuff to make it, put it to where it is. And now they're, I, uh, they're looking to pass the torch and uh, move on with, cause he's there, there. I mean, they've been in this game for a long, long, long time. They run yeah. enduro engineering and they're, I mean, they're the same age as my dad and my dad's old. I don't want to say they're old, but my dad's old. Um, so <laughs> they, they're getting to that point. They're getting to that point to where they don't want to do this anymore every weekend. Um, right. It's one they of those want things, to pass successfully. I thought it was interesting because you go back 15 years ago, like what did the landscape look like, right? Like I believe they were the ones that changed from timekeepers to this kind of reset format. They were also yeah. the ones that kind of put uh, some organization to how every race was run, right? Like clubs were always yeah. doing this and the AMA was yep. the the sanctioning body, but clubs yeah. probably didn't have the kind of communication that someone like Alan Rant with NEPG brought to the table for the past 15 years. So wh where do you see this kind of going, considering the fact that they did so much for the sport of keeping national Enduros alive? Yeah. And so like you, had, you had alluded to, they changed the format. So it didn't actually change the rules. So it's technically still a timekeeper. They just changed the format. So every test. Is I a start love that. Okay. That's, that's a really good point to bring across. I don't think a lot yeah. of people realize that. No, they actually didn't change the rules. They just made it so that every, because you can start control as many times as you want at an event. You don't have to have a no or an emergency, a secret check. You don't have to do that. Um, you only have to have two emergency checks in an entire event. And so what they did is they made it so every test is the start of the race again. And so you could know where they were and you could show up because a known control, you can't show up earlier than 15 minutes, but a start control, you can get there as early as you want. And so it was pretty genius. You know, I, I wasn't at the AMA at the time. Obviously, I was a racer um, at the time. Uh, and it was it was pretty genius the way they did it is they didn't change the format or change the rules, but they changed the format and they took it from being a strictly timekeeping event to more of a speed-based event. I mean, you still have to know what time you're supposed to go through, but ultimately it's, if you're on 25, you go after 24 and they go after 23. So it's not a big deal. It makes it very easy. The, the ease of participation is really what they went for. Um, not just taking away the timekeeping. And I know one of the things that they were worried about as well was um, locals having an advantage because they'll know where the, the they'll, they'll know where they always put the check. Like John is always at this exact same spot every time, every year. 
Well, when you take away the timekeeping part of it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter where they are. It doesn't matter if you know, you still have to go fast. Um, and so it definitely changed the landscape of it. But myself as an enduro, I'm a timekeeper. That's my thing. It was, it still has the feel of an enduro, which is great. Um, so I think they kind of, they set the precedent. So NEPG started. And after that, the NHHA, which I worked for National Hare and Hound Association, we went off of what they did. And so, you know, this is, this is working for them. Um, and prior to those, you know, NHHA, NEPG, uh, big six running the national grand prix, um, before that, like you said, it was just the clubs running events and there was no oversight. There was no managing of the events. There was no, you know, there was no way to know that it was being done right until the riders came back and said it was done wrong. And that was it. <laughs> um, and we wanted to maintain, you know, I mean, you look at GNCC, it's a promoter's group. I mean, it's their, it's their races and it is very successful because they're able to learn from each event mm-hmm. where in a lot of cases, like, you know, uh, it, when you're in a club, uh, you know, the person putting up the stakes, isn't the same person putting up the arrows, isn't the same person taking it all down a lot of, in a lot of cases. And so you're not able to learn from those mistakes. You're not able to go, well, this stake is in the wrong spot. I'm going to do it this way next time because you're only hosting one race a year. And it was a different person anyway. And next right. year it'll be another different person. It's hard to learn from that. But when you have a promoters group, you can learn and, and, and gain momentum. And that's how they were able to make every race better every year, better, and then grow it to where it is today. And so I think, you know, it's setting the precedence for how these club-based championships. And, and that's the one important thing too, is national enduro is club-based national hair and hound is club-based national grand prix is club-based. So there's clubs running every event, as you said, and then a promoters group above it, making sure that it's of national caliber, right. that there are articles, that there are videographers, that there are, you know, a pro row, there's a purse, there's a, you know, a pre-event promotion, post-event promotion, um, you know, the boot giveaway, all of that stuff, um, and developing the, uh, the, I mean, Alan Rant helped develop Moto Tally and also helped develop, um, live laps and developing this the digital programs to go to everybody. And while, you know, Brian Jahelka built Moto Tally, Alan helped bring it to everybody else in the United States that ran Enduros. And that's the same thing he did with live laps was he, when he switched to live laps, a lot of the people switched to live laps, right? Um, they pioneered you- those things. They, so they made, and one of the things that I remember being that my dad with the Arkansas Dirt Riders helped put on a couple events, having talked with a lot of friends from National Enduros here in Texas and Louisiana. One of the things too, it's like they came out, they pre-rode the course and they were kind of like, listen guys, this isn't going to work. This is too long. This test needs to be adjusted. Or you know what? We could handle some more mileage or this is too tight, right? Like, yeah. and I think that on all the, on top of all the things that you said, they did so yeah. much to truly- oh, yeah to make sure that each event felt the same and had some consistency to it. So yeah. where do we see this going? I'm sure you've already gotten calls from people that were like, we want to do this. And you're like, ah, I don't know. You know that you want to do this, but okay, let's yeah. talk in the future. So like, if, if where do you see us heading now that yeah. we do know that NEPG is retiring from promoting the AMA National Enduro Series? Yeah, well, so I... Uh, I have not gotten any calls, surprisingly, um, but I have talked with Alan Rant about it. Um, he has had some interest, people talking to him about it. Um, you know, on, on my end, we're the sanctioning body. We just make sure it happens um, and and helped and worked with National Enduro Promoters Group to ensure that it happened. They did all the work. Um, they have all the product. They have all the other stuff. So I know Alan, in talking with him on the phone, he's looking to make sure that it's handed off to the right people. Okay. Um, and, and if somebody wants to come on that, he, he, 
actually encouraged whoever might be interested in running it to come out and work with it. So they can really see how much work it is. Cause you know how it is running races on the outside. You're like, well, that banner's in the wrong spot and that's stupid. And this park is dumb. Ah, oh, this is stupid or whatever. Or that was great. You know, must've been a lot of work or whatever, but you have no idea that it's six months, eight months, a year in advance for some of these events, especially ones that are on, on private land where they're building the trail. It could be a year. These clubs are working on it. Right. And so you really, there are a lot of things that you may never have even understood are, you know, porta johns and, and permitting and, you know, with land, land use people, um, not people, but uh, like uh, property, sometimes they say, okay, well, actually my cows are grazing that month. So we can't be that month or the schedule doesn't work because my local series won't allow me to be that weekend or whatever. There's a lot more to it. So he's uh, opening it up to, if you are interested in running this series, come on out and work with us and we'll show you what it's all about because he definitely wants to, you know, he doesn't want what he built to just fall flat on its face. And I'm in the same boat. I mean, as the AMA, but also as a racer, I mean, this national enduro is our oldest national championship. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. 1964 is when it started as an AMA national championship. It is also our oldest sanction. So our very first sanction in 1924 was enduros. And then that same year we did dirt track and hill climb. But at that time, like motocross didn't really even exist. A lot of the other stuff, hair scrambles didn't really even exist. Those things didn't really, they did, but not really kind of thing. It wasn't, it was, it wasn't organized like that, but that's our very first sanction and our very first national championship. So, and, and same thing with ISDE, that's the oldest world championship that wow. there is. Wow. That's Continue. awesome. 1913, 1913. And so we, Enduro is a, you know, that A on your card that you used to be able to get, I'm trying to get back, um, but that you used to be able to get, that is from Enduro. You can only earn it as racing Enduro back in the day anyways. And so Enduro is a very, you know, important part of the AMA's history. Um, and so that's something, you know, as the AMA, we want to ensure that it goes to good hands too. Because I definitely, you know, I worked with National Hair and Hound. I worked on building series uh, like the Extreme Off-Road Championship. We just handed off to uh, Mark Cook yep. and that, that organization. And so we want to ensure that it happens at a caliber to where riders can still, you know, go from, we just added the schoolboy class this year. So we want, Ride or I mean school, we opened it up to minis too. And so we want to continue that growth and continue it to where we're selling out. Uh, the events are selling out for the landowners because on our end, we get one sanction. We don't get, we get 500 bucks as a sanction. That's it. That's all we get. And so that's not the point. The point isn't that we want money or we want any of that other stuff. The point is, is that we want it to happen yeah. and we want it to continue to happen. And we want these clubs that are hosting it to have successful events. Right. And so I think definitely the, uh, you know, the goal is to make sure it continues to happen, but also so people understand how much work it really truly is. Cause it is a gnarly amount of work. And like you said, they pre-ride every course and they add arrows, they add banner. They might take out sections. They mileage it. They place the checks. They make sure that they go ahead of everybody and make sure the checks are working as they, before the riders get there. Um, they come afterwards, get all the data. So if it's not working live, they can have the data. So it will be, it'll be faux live. It'll almost be live. Um, So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of work that happens before, during, and after that I think maybe people don't understand. But So it sounds like if somebody wants to get into this, though, they need to either reach out to you or reach out to Alan, right? And then we can kind of – And we'll be working together on it. Yeah, the way that this – 
is going to move forward is obviously somebody who's passionate about this, that maybe Ask. thinks that there's a way to make a little bit of money, but know that it's probably not a, you know, there's not a money maker with them, but to truly try to have the mindset that you're continuing to grow the sport like Alan did to take what energy yeah. brought to the table in the fact that they saw a way to grow the sport, to continue to evolve the way that these races were going to be held, obviously yeah. working hand in hand with people like yourself at the AMA. And if you want to do that, start talking to you, start talking to Alan, because yep. by 2022, right? Six months before that, which is three months from now, we might need to need what we might need to know what is going on. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll need to hit the ground running is what we need to do. And, uh, it needs to be somebody that's passionate about it. Uh, it should be somebody that's at least raced them before. So they know what to expect and what's expected. Um, and, and you need to understand that there's more than just pros. There's more than just sea riders. There's more than just women. There's everybody, every right. single rider. And on top of that, every landowner, every club. And, 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 you know, these club guys, a lot of these clubs, like, uh, uh, Jack Pine Enduro is about to have its hundredth anniversary. That's so impressive. a lot of these events have been around for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. Um, and some of them are some of the oldest nationals there are, um, and they're continuing. And some of those members still are alive. And so they, they take a lot of pride in it. And so yeah. you definitely want to, you, you, it's a, it's a delicate balance of keeping, um, uh, clubs happy, keeping clubs, uh, uh, wanting to be a part of it and not feeling like their events being taken away, but also helping them step it up. So definitely you want to reach out to myself at the AMA, um, or Alan Rant. And, uh, that's info at nationalenduro.com. And, Love it. uh, if you are interested, uh, he can work with you. That's awesome. Well, Eric, thank you for this seat time, for joining us for this seat time quickie. You are out at the ISDE qualifier trying to make sure the course is marked. So we can't take you away from your job too much, but we definitely thank you for sharing your knowledge, your time, and your thoughts and opinions on this because the landscape could change and it could be a little bit different. And we all need to realize that and be semi-prepared for what 2022 could look like. Absolutely. And you know what? Also, the nice thing too about starting fresh is everybody gets a little bit of a fresh look at it. Ooh. So it, 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 it new could eyes be even on better. It. it could be even better. Um, you know, and Alan even said that he's like, they could make it even better than me. And that, it's just something I didn't know because this is the way we've been doing it. So he definitely understands how the landscape will change. And I think we all, you know, I think, I think we're all, it's nice that he did it so far in advance. It's right. nice that he did it in March because we have plenty of time to figure it out. So all right. thank you for having me. Um, and I'll get back to, first ISDE qualifier out here in Ridgecrest. Love it. Well, if you guys are ready for some fresh blood, maybe you're ready for some fresh apparel. So just in case you guys want to support a little bit of what we're doing here at Seatime, go to shop.seatime.co. If nothing else, thanks for tuning in. 